Welcome. You're listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast, the show that cuts through the fog of war and updates you about the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Hello, I'm Marina Yevshan, co-host of the Russia-Ukraine War Report podcast, and today is October the 26th, 2023. It's been 3,530 days since Russia's illegal occupation of Crimea on January 27, 2014, and one year and 245 days since Russia expanded its war of aggression against Ukraine. During today's podcast, you can use a Russia-Ukraine war map to help you visualize the areas discussed. And there is a link in the podcast description. The Russia-Ukraine war report is compiled by our team from around the world. Today's report includes information from our direct contacts and journalists in Ukraine. The Russian Ministry of Defense and the Ukrainian General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine morning reports. Operational commands north, south and east of Ukraine. Open source intelligence. Our in-house team of analysts and geospatial experts. And pro-Ukrainian and pro-Russian mail bloggers and social media channels with a track record of trying to be accurate. We have one mission. The truth because the truth matters. Let's start with the daily assessment. 1. We maintain that Russia's use of human wave attacks has caused rapid deterioration of the situation in the Avdivka area of operation, AO, despite catastrophic losses, and the Ukrainian garrison is in the deepest salient since February 24, 2022. 2. Russian commanders have put mission objectives over all other considerations, and they are committed to capturing the Avdivka salient, regardless of the cost. 3. Our assessment that the Ukrainian summer-fall counteroffensive has culminated was accurate, with Ukrainian forces on the defensive theater-wide. This transition is not due to the exhaustion of combat potential or Ukrainian losses. This is the last day of this entry. 4. In our assessment, there is a small chance of Ukraine attempting a large-sized wet crossing near Kherson. 5. Our assessment that there was no chance that the United States House would elect a new speaker by the end of the week aged like room-temperature milk. 6. The soft response by Ukraine's allies after Russian aggression on Ukraine's border will eventually lead to a significant incident that could result in military intervention. 7. We maintain that Russia is stockpiling missiles and drones for large-scale attacks on Ukraine's energy infrastructure, as the weather continues to degrade. 8. While the possibility of an intentional nuclear accident caused by Russian occupiers at the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant remains low, the threat should be taken seriously. Before I start the action report, I have a couple of quick updates in some areas where there is less activity, so we can focus on more critical news and assessments. After the transfer of three Russian brigades to the Avdiivka IO, the situation in Luhansk is stable. Positional fighting continued near Nadia and Makivka, and the Russian Ministry of Defense made its required claim of fighting near Dibrova. South of Donetsk in the Marinka and Vogledar AOs, Russian forces increased the intensity of their attacks in Marienka and towards Novomikhailovka, but failed to advance. Here's what is happening in Kharkiv. 
The front remained stable in the Kupinskyo, with mutual fighting continued in Sankivka. The general staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, or GSAFU, reported fighting, quote, in the area of Petropavlivka. Because there is nothing but uninhabited forest north and east of the settlement, there is a very large area, and no other source reported fighting in the region. Russian forces were pushing on Ukrainian defenses in the areas of Orlyanske and Ivanivka, with no change in the situation. Next up, the Donbass, starting in northeast Donetsk. Russian forces continued intense spoiling attacks northwest and southwest of Bakhmut. Attempts to advance toward Bogdanivka from the north and Hromova continued. Southwest of Bakhmut, Russian forces made another attempt to advance in the direction of Ivanivske from the Litak district. In the Klishivka area, fighting continued north and east of Klishivka, east of Andreevka, and west and north of Kurdumevka. There was no change in the situation. In southwestern Donetsk, Ukrainian forces are making every effort to stop the Russian onslaught in the Avdivka area. Ukrainian military analyst Oleksandr Kovalenko predicted that Avdiivka would turn into a Bakhmut-style mid-grinder, writing, quote, In terms of the standard equipment of the advancing units, what we will see in the near future will no longer be similar to what we saw on October the 10th. The offensive will mainly be carried out by infantry battalions. In a certain sense, this simplifies the process of defeating manpower. On the other hand, the Russian command switched to the tactics of Bakhmut, which they began to use in the fourth months of the attack on the city. In fact, they have started it the third week of the attack on Avdiivka. In the near future, we will see what we saw near Bakhmut from November to December. Unquote. Popular Ukrainian mill blogger Tatarigami of Frontelligence Inside wrote, quote, This operation could be one of their most expensive campaigns in the second half of 2023, adding, the advance could potentially create a dangerous situation, as an entrenchment in Stepove could allow Russia to cut off the remaining logistical routes to Avdiivka. Although Ukraine has a good chance of repelling the Russian offensive, it would be unrealistic and naive to claim that the Russian capture of Stepove is an absolutely impossible scenario. Unquote. During a press conference, the spokesperson for the press center of the Defense Forces of the Tavria region, Oleksandr Stupun, had a more positive outlook. Quote, the enemy tries to advance, and then we knock them back. Therefore, there is no need to talk about a permanent situation. In other words, active fighting is going on there. Unquote. North of Avdivka, Russian forces expanded their bridgehead east and southeast of Stepove moving up to the railroad tracks northeast of the coke plant. Russian forces have taken up positions along one kilometer of tracks and are working to expand the flanks. Russian forces also attacked from the direction of Kamyanka, Krutabalka and Spartak without success. South of Avdivka, Russian forces maintained their attacks in the no-man's land between Vodyane and Severne, and made additional attempts to bypass Severne from the west towards Tonenka. In the Staromlinivka AO, GSAFU reported failed Russian attacks in the direction of Nova Ukrainka, which is northwest of Pavlivka. There have been reports of fighting south of Prechistivka for over a week, 
but no sources claimed that Russia captured the settlement. Russian forces continued spoiling attacks near Staromayorske, with no change in the situation. In occupied Donetsk, the main defense intelligence directorate of the Ministry of Defense of Ukraine, UHUR, said that members of Ukrainian intelligence destroyed an ammunition depot supplying the Russian 110th Separate Motor Rifle Brigade of the 1st Army Corps. In the Zaporizhia oblast, Ukrainian forces successfully consolidated their gains on the western edge of Verbove in Orikhevo and stabilized their lines of defense. Russian forces attacked from Verbove and the western edge of Robotene. After suffering significant losses, they returned to their defensive positions. In occupied Berdyansk, a Russian soldier was killed by a car bomb. The explosive had been placed under the driver's seat, according to occupation officials. It is unclear why he was targeted. It's time to talk about the events in the Black Sea region, including Romania, Bulgaria, occupied Crimea, Odessa and Mykolaiv. Director of Communication for Operational Command South, Captain Natalia Humenyuk, said that the Russian Aerospace Forces, VKS, were dropping unknown devices into the Black Sea, which were detonating sea mines in an attempt to disrupt merchant vessel traffic in international waters. In occupied Crimea, the Crimean Tatar insurgent organization Atesh documented Russian military equipment being stored near the train stations in Jankoy, Simferopol, Ostryakovo, and other locations. Russian commanders dispersed the equipment, possibly in response to the introduction of attackers and longer-range Ukrainian drones. Atesh reported the equipment is only moved at night. The Ukrainian Grain Association said that local officials had arbitrarily blocked the Ukrainian Sea Corridor, costing shippers, the Ukrainian government and farmers millions of dollars. Quote, the Ukrainian Grain Association is concerned about reports from grain market participants about the unreasonable delay of ships loaded with grain for export in the ports of Greater Odessa. Such delay of ships in port causes colossal damage to Ukrainian farmers and the state budget of the country. Unquote. The association called on the Minister of Infrastructure of Ukraine to intervene as soon as possible and solve the impasse. In Free Kherson, Russian and Ukrainian sources reported that Ukrainian forces are expanding their presence on the left, east bank of the Konka River. A geolocated video from Russian sources, which claimed 110 Ukrainian soldiers were killed in an artillery strike, showed Ukrainian forces freely operating on the southern side of the bridge over the Verkhnyakonka River, near the remains of the Antonievsky Zaliznichny Mist railroad bridge. Wait, this is a podcast. You can't see the video. We'll link to it in our daily situation report, which you can find in the podcast description. It appears Russia stuck a thermal imager to a potato and flew at the highest possible altitude, so you don't see many details. But it is very safe to say an entire Ukrainian company was not killed. And if Ukraine has that many troops on the left bank of the Konka, the correct word to use would be bridgehead. 
Ukrainian forces continued to occupy parts of Krynke, where fighting continued. East of Oleshke, fighting was ongoing across a widening front near Poima and on the edge of Pishanivka and Pitstepne. Ukrainian forces reportedly seized control of the Russian ground line of communication, G-Log supply line, that runs between Oleshke and Kozachi Lahiri. Ukrainian artillery and drones have been targeting Russian armored vehicles as they approach the landing. We still are unable to determine what the mission objective is for Ukraine, but we feel confident enough to say that Ukrainian troops are setting conditions for… something. In western and central Ukraine there was a massive explosion in the Khmelnytska oblast. Two Shahid-136 kamikaze drones struck Slavuta. The catastrophic explosion broke windows as far as 10 kilometers away. According to the Bonn International Center for Conversion in 2005 report, Slavuta was home to the Soviet Union military unit A3845, with a massive amount of ammunition slated for disposal, including more than 2,400 metric tons of Grad rockets, 4,000 metric tons of 125-mm artillery rounds, and almost 1,000 metric tons of 122-mm artillery shells for the D-30 howitzer, all produced before 1991. Some of the ammunition left by the Soviet Union had been produced before the signing of the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact in 1939. A local video captured the sound of the ammunition cooking off. The massive blast damaged over 1,760 structures, including 1,400 homes, 282 apartment buildings, 41 schools, dozens of businesses, six hospitals and clinics, and two churches. There were no reports of fatalities, but 24 people were hospitalized. Up to 10 kilometers away from the blast, the windows at the Khmelnytsky nuclear power plant, KNPP, were shattered by the concussion. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said, quote, This strike in the direction of the nuclear power plant is another reminder to all our partners of how important it is to strengthen Ukrainian air defense and how dangerous it is when Russia can circumvent world sanctions. Many components in the attack drones used by Russian terrorists and in the missiles originate from other countries, from various companies, including from Western companies. The effectiveness of sanctions against Russia is literally protection against terrorism." Unquote. The International Atomic Energy Agency, which has observers at KNPP, released a statement after the blast. Quote, Powerful explosions shook an area near KNPP overnight shattering many windows at the site and temporarily cutting power to some off-site radiation monitoring stations, once again highlighting the dangers to nuclear safety and security during the ongoing military conflict. IAEA experts present at the plant said air raid sirens went off at 1.26 hours local time, followed later in the morning by the sound of two loud explosions. This incident again underlines the extremely precarious nuclear safety situation in Ukraine, which will continue as long as this tragic war goes on. The fact that numerous windows at the site were destroyed shows just how close it was 
next time we may not be so fortunate. Hitting a nuclear power plant must be avoided at all costs. IAEA Secretary-General Rafael Grossi said the blast was so powerful that, quote, seismic monitoring stations installed in the vicinity of the KNPP recorded the impacts. A Ukrainian official said that four settlements were destroyed by the blast, with the IAEA reporting significant damage in Netishin. It is important to note that during Soviet occupation, KNPP was built from 1981 to 1987, despite its proximity to the already existing military unit 3845 armor depot, holding over 12,000 metric tons of outdated munitions. When Ukraine gained its independence, we inherited the mess. Before I talk about theater-wide events, a quick footnote. We are covering the Israel-Hamas war and have started situation reports available through our Patreon. $5 a month gets you in-depth information about the Russia-Ukraine and Israel-Hamas war. There is a link in the podcast description. And now, on to theater-wide events. The Armed Forces of Ukraine has formed a new battalion comprised of Russian citizens and ethnic minorities who wanted to fight against the Putin regime. The Siberia Battalion is an authorized unit of the Armed Forces and will be declared operational soon. Ukraine has also started forming five new mechanized brigades – the 150th, 151st, 152nd, 153rd and 154th. The Minister of Strategic Industry Alexander Kamyshin said that Ukraine is now producing tens of thousands of drones a month and will continue production through the end of the year. The Parliament of Hungary, which is led by a supermajority of the pro-Russian Fidesz party, led by Prime Minister Viktor Orban, refused to vote on Sweden's accession to NATO. The rejection breaks an earlier promise that Hungary would follow Turkey's lead. In other news, Foreign Minister of Hungary Petr Siarto traveled to Belarus to participate in the Collective Security Treaty Organization's Eurasian Security, Reality and Prospects in a Transforming World conference, where he is listed as a keynote speaker. Yes, a foreign minister of a NATO alliance nation is a keynote speaker at the CSTO conference in Minsk, Belarus. Was that oldest song by Stiller's Will? How does that go? Oh, yes. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Australia announced a new military aid package for Ukraine of $12 million, which includes demining equipment, X-ray machines, a 3D metal printer and anti-drone systems. The Pentagon announced that Ukrainian pilots have started practical training in the F-16. The first group of pilots went to Texas for English-language training, which was completed in days instead of four months, and completed their required time in simulators. And that's today's update. Your support of my home, Ukraine, helps us make history and protect the future for all. You've been listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast. To help keep us independent, please consider providing financial support by becoming a patron. Want on-demand news in your hand? Download the Google News app and make Malcontent News one of your favorites to receive breaking news updates. Thank you for listening.